Thank you for listening to this week's message from Go Church. We hope it encourages you today. For more information about Go Church, check us out online at letsgo.church. We hope you enjoy today's message. Everybody say all in. All in. I'm very excited. You are here on a great day. We're going to bring this series to a powerful conclusion. And we're going to bring it to said conclusion with an amazing Go Team volunteer, amazing Go Church leadership team member, Mr. Bill Carson, is going to bring it home for us today. Could you guys put your hands together welcome him as he comes to bring an amazing teaching? We're excited, Bill. Thank you. Awesome. Oh, welcome to Go Church. I'm excited to be here. I was 17 years old. I drove a 1973 Pinto sports wagon. White, brown, fake paneling on the side, luggage rack with a removable CB radio antenna. Yeah, that was me, AM Delco radio. Mm. And I had visited a Christian college campus with a friend in Boise, Nampa, Idaho. And I'd helped him take his stuff up there. He was moving. And I was driving back, and I was going to drive back all night to get back Monday morning for school. And I took off, and I'm leaving Idaho, going through parts of Utah. I'm in Wyoming in the middle of an October freezing cold night. I should have paid better attention to my gas tank because all of a sudden it's really getting close to E. And I go, no problem, I'll just stop at the next gas station right around the corner in Wyoming, in the middle of nowhere. There's a sign, it's getting down to fumes. But there's a sign, gas, this exit. I don't see any gas station, so I get off, I follow signs. I go about an, a mile off the beaten path to a little Mayberry gas station that was dark, closed, shut down, big picture window, no lights on. But through the picture window, I could see in the back four or five adults back there playing cards, drinking beer. And I'm like, hey! Hey, I'm run, running out of gas. Could you help me? They ignored me. I kept knocking. I kept being persistent. Finally, one guy comes. We're closed. The pub's shut down. Got to go 10 miles and jump the highway. I need help. I'm almost out of gas. Sorry. And he goes back. I get in my car. I'm praying. I'm hoping I can make it that 10 miles. I get all the way back out to Interstate 80. I'm driving east and I could see the truck stop lights off in the distance in the pitch black of Wyoming and I'm like looking at the the gas tank it's on E and then it's below E and I'm I feel like I'm not gonna make it and then I run out of gas I run out of gas at like one in the morning on Interstate 80 in the middle of frigid Wyoming. I am so mad at myself. I sit there and I'm hitting the steering wheel and I'm thinking, why? Why didn't you stop and get gas like five gas stations back? Oh, aren't we always harder on ourselves? You know, and I'm like, oh, I just sat there and I'm like, okay, I gotta figure this out. I gotta figure this out. Calm down, calm down. I see the lights. I'm a high school athlete. I can just, 
I can make it. I can run. I can jog. I can walk. I've got my winter down coat on, and I'm so mad at myself that I just take off running and sprinting, and I'm just running and sprinting, and it feels like the lights aren't getting closer. And they're still 100 miles away. And I finally walk, and I'm mad, and I'm sweating now, and I'm just furious at myself. But the part I forgot to tell you was when I got out of the car, I locked all the doors, and I went to close it, and as the door is closing, I realize my keys are in the ignition. And as the door is closing, everything's like going into slow motion. No! So now I ran out of gas. I locked my keys in the car. I'm sprinting. I'm sweating. I'm mad. And it feels like a gas station's a million miles away. And my mom taught me not to hitchhike but I felt like that was my only option. And I stick my thumb out, I didn't even know how to do it, if I was right or not, but trucker after trucker just go flying by. Finally, an old retired couple in a Cadillac. They pull over and they have compassion on me and they say, what's going on? How can we help you? I ran out of gas and I don't have a gas. We have an extra gas tank, we'll drive you to the gas station, we'll buy your gas. We'll fill the tank up. We'll drive you back so you can get back to your car with gas. And I'm like, yes, thank you. And we're driving to the gas station. They have the heater cranked. And I felt like I was in a sauna. I'm just sweating to death. But I'm just happy I'm getting a ride to get the gas station. They buy my gas. They put it in. They drive me back. And they say, would you like some help? to get your car filled up with the gas and get going. No, I'll be fine. I dump the gas into the tank and I try to start it and it's not turning over. And I didn't learn or know at the time, but the old 73 Pinto sports wagon has a carburetor on it that needs a little gas to prime it, priming the pump. So now, my car is sitting, two tires off on the dirt, two tires on the side of the road. I'm wondering, is there the angle a problem? I'm waving down, trying to get somebody to stop to help me, maybe to push my car up on flat surface so it'll start. Finally, after so much time went by, a trucker stops, and he, he, he helps me push my car up, and he taught me about priming the pump, priming the carburetor. He takes the top off and the few drops of gas that were left he trickles in there and he says start it up now and it fires up i forgot to tell you the other part about how the keys were locked in the car i skipped that part before i took off and got my ride i tried to get that little back butterfly window open on one side it was tight so I go around to the other side thinking maybe I'll, I'll get this butterfly window open. Oh, it's loose. It's loose. Yeah, maybe I can get my finger in there and pop it open. It shattered. I could get my keys now. But now I'm wearing my coat in the cold, driving, heater cranked up, getting back. It was a horrible experience. I learned so many valuable lessons about filling up the tank and not locking keys in car and just making wiser decisions as a 17-year-old. And I think that it's a lot like our spiritual journey. 
we're on a road and we're, we're going on our spiritual journey and we have a spiritual gas tank and there's times when our spiritual gas tank is low or we run out of gas. And in this last year and a half, I think about our terminology around, you know, before COVID. Do you, I catch myself saying this, you know, back before 2020 or pre-COVID, you know, it's like time is now identified with the start of this global pandemic. And, and I, I, I know that it's had an impact on all of us. We all have our own individual stories. Some, some things have come good out of this last year and a half. And then other people have experienced some negative things, some bad things. And there's, there's the ups and downs. I know that it's taken a toll on us in many ways emotionally. I know there's a toll for some in their finances or in their careers or in their relationships or in their family. I also believe that this last year and a half has taken a toll on our spiritual journeys. Many followers of Jesus in the last year and a half have struggled spiritually. And today I want us to take a look at where we are in our spiritual journey where we are as followers of Jesus. And that leads me to the one big thing today. One big thing. It's about progress, not perfection. It's about progress, not perfection. And I want us to gain some traction, and I want us to consider how our spiritual journey is going, how our progress has been going and as we follow Jesus. And I want to read a few verses in Philippians chapter 3. Apostle Paul is writing from prison to the church in the city of Philippi. Ten years prior, Paul had visited that church. He, had in, he had, was wanting to encourage them to keep the faith and to, and to challenge them. And so he writes these words to those people in the church, the followers of Jesus in the city of Philippi. He says, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I've not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past, Looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Jesus Christ, is calling us. Paul is encouraging those followers of Jesus, and he's encouraging with his story, his progress, his journey. He's saying, I am pressing on, and he's encouraging them to press on. And Paul says in, in, in verse 12, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection. Paul's referring to the verses leading up to verse 10, where Paul is giving kind of a, a chronological, cultural you know, a success story about how he's attained many things according to the world standards, but yet those things are all trash, garbage, if he doesn't know Christ. And in verse 10, Paul says, I want to know Christ. 
And he says in verse 12, I, I haven't achieved these things. I haven't been made perfect. And that is Paul speaking. And he's, he's encouraging the, the, those who are in the city of Philippi. And so as I've listened for the last several weeks, Pastor Nick's messages in this series on All In, and as he asked me to conclude this series, I've had this opportunity to reflect in my own spiritual journey, decisions and, and mile markers and signs and stakes that I've driven down, decisions that I've made on my spiritual journey as I've traveled the road as a follower of Jesus. My story, my progress, really begins when I was a child. My mom, who grew up in the church, my dad grew up in the church, but they had gotten away from the church and away from the Lord as adults. And then my mom became the spiritual leader in our family. She became the influence of our family, and she said to her family, we need to go to church. We need to find a place for the kids and for us. And so I was about five or six years old, and I grew up in Arvada, and we, through elementary school and through seventh through twelfth grade, we attended two churches, one in Lakewood, and we'd drive down Wadsworth to that church in Lakewood for several years. And then in, in my teen years, we went to a church in Arvada. And I remember being in a kid's classroom when I was about seven or eight. I don't remember the teacher's name, but I remember the setting and the environment and how she asked all the kids in that class, if you want to pray a prayer and ask Jesus into your life, I want to encourage you to do that today. And as a seven or eight-year-old boy, I was in that class with childlike faith. I asked Jesus to forgive me of the sin in my life, to come into my life, and I got I began a relationship with him. And that decision that day changed the trajectory of my life. It put me on the journey. It put me on the road. And I want to today thank God for my mom as a spiritual influence in my life and in my family's life. And it leads me to think about other moms here today and watching online. Moms who say, I don't know about the rest of my family, but I'm gonna be a spiritual influence and I'm gonna go to church. And they wanna be a positive role model and positive influence in their kids' lives. And I am thankful for moms today. In my life, over the decades, as I've been a part of different churches, I've seen lots of mothers and moms who were the spiritual leaders of their family, and the fathers just kind of coasted and came along. Today, ideally, a mom and a dad would both have a personal relationship with Jesus where they're all in and committed that they both would want to be a positive influence in their kids' lives. That's the ideal, but I thank God in my life that my mom was a spiritual influence for me. And I also am thankful for kids' classroom teachers and leaders. And I'm thinking about right now, a block down the street on the second floor of the next building down, some Go Kids staff and volunteers are investing their best right now in our infants and toddlers and elementary school kids. They're not babysitting so that we can have a quiet worship experience 
with no distractions. They're investing. And there's very likely the possibility that some of those kids today will be given the opportunity like I was when I was seven or eight years old to ask Jesus into my life. Wouldn't that be amazing? How was Go Kids today? I prayed a prayer and asked Jesus into my life. How amazing would that be if that was their answer? And I'm thankful for moms and for Go Kids staff who invest their best. And that's a part of my story and my journey. And today, I don't know where you're at on your journey and your spiritual life, but I want to encourage you. No matter where you're at, no matter what you're going through, God is on your side. God loves you. He's not mad at you. He's calling you to follow and trust him with your life. God is pursuing you. In our passage of scripture, it says he possesses us. He created us to be in a relationship with him. Verse 12 also says, Paul says, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. Another part of my progress, my story, is as a teenager, 7th through 12th grade, I can remember very specifically men who invested themselves in my life as a teenager, youth pastors and volunteer youth leaders. I remember Steve Brown, who just talked to me like I was the most popular kid in his youth group of 100. I was seventh grade, but he cared about me deeply. I remember Tony Troxel, who just could play the piano and lead worship in such an amazing way. I just wanted to be like him. It was just such a, he was such a caring guy. I remember Earl Robertson teaching youth group Bible lessons and asking penetrating discussion questions to get us to really begin to think about what God had for us. I am so thankful today for Go Youth because Go, my youth group experiences are a part of my spiritual journey, about my progress. And I am so thankful for Becky Calloway as the leader of Go Youth and all the volunteers that I get to be a part of. I mean, there's some 20-somethings and some 30-somethings and some 40-somethings, and then there's me, the old guy in the room. And I'm totally cool. I'm secure in my male pattern baldness, and I'm secure in my age. Because it takes all of us to invest in kids and invest in students. There's some things that I can offer some of the students that the 20-somethings or third might not be able to and vice versa. And we work well together as a team. And a part of my journey and my progress is God using youth leaders to invest in my life, to help me grow, help me keep my spiritual tank full and keep me on the road following Jesus. The methods in student ministry, the methods have changed dramatically since when I was in church youth group, but the message remains the same. We're challenging and encouraging students to follow Jesus, to be all in as they follow Jesus. And 
Verse 13, Paul says, I've not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Now, that particular verse often confused me because Paul says, I focus on this one thing, but then he lists three things. I'm like, I don't get it. How? He's saying, you know, this thing, this one thing I focus on, but forgetting what is, forgetting the past, looking forward to what lies ahead and, and pressing on. I'm like, well, that's three. And, and what I discovered and realized is all three of those things work hand in hand and those all go together for you to focus on the one thing. Forgetting the past. Don't let what has happened to you in your past keep you from what God has for you in the future. Day in and day out, we can grow and we, beca- we can become the person God wants us to be as a follower of Christ if we focus on Jesus. It's a daily relationship. It's not a, a Sunday thing or for students, it's not a Wednesday thing. It's a day in and day out thing. Spiritual growth is a lifelong journey. It's a road that we're on, we're traveling, we're growing, we're becoming more and more like Christ, and we never have achieved it until we reach the end of our life and we go to heaven. It's this pressing on Paul talks about in verse 14. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Jesus Christ is calling us. Paul compares the spiritual journey to a race. It's more like a marathon than it is a sprint. John Maxwell says, here's what I know. You can't get to where you want to go in life by living in yesterday or just hoping for a better future. And this is a challenge for all of us, no matter what stage in life we're at. This challenge is we're on the road, we're on the journey, and it's a lifelong journey. It's a lifelong. So no matter where you're at, how old you are, what your stage is, it's a lifelong journey to be a follower of Jesus. And God is using people of all ages at all stages in their journey. And in the Bible, the Bible talks about many people that were older in life at older stages, how God is calling them and using them. Caleb, he began the greatest mission of his life when he was 85 years of age. Moses was 80 years of age when God used him. Abraham was 79 years old when he received a call from God. So just because you might be retired doesn't mean you're retired from serving and growing in your walk with the Lord. And that Today, this leads me to two big actions. Two big actions as we think about making progress, not perfection. The first is making a renewed commitment to be all in as we follow Jesus. The first big action today, the challenge that is laid before you, is to make a renewed commitment to be all in as you follow Jesus. We know what being all in means around our career or our sports or our education or our hobbies. We know what all in means in so many other areas of life. Can we say today God is calling us to go all in as we follow Jesus? 
I want to encourage you to make a renewed commitment to fill your spiritual tank. I want to encourage you to make a renewed commitment to move forward. I want to challenge you to make a renewed commitment to grow spiritually. A renewed commitment to make progress. The second big action today is to make a renewed commitment to be all in as an active participant at Go Church. Make a renewed commitment that today I'm going to go all in as an active participant at Go Church. You You may have heard Pastor Nick say, we grow at the rate of your generosity and participation. Or you may have heard him say, participation, not just observation. And I want to challenge us to make a renewed commitment to being the church, to getting involved, supporting our pastors, getting involved in ministry, attending growth track to find out how we can be a part of the GO team, stepping up to the plate in generosity of giving, of our time, our talent, our treasures. We're all on a spiritual journey. And what I've discovered in my own life, my progress, my story, the times that I've been most committed to the Lord and His church were the times that I've made the most progress. And maybe you're visiting here today or you're watching online out of state. The challenge for you is to make a renewed commitment to your local church because there's this direct link between your commitment to the Lord and your commitment to the church. There's this direct link between our personal spiritual progress and growth and our participation to our local church, because this is God's design. This is his plan. This was his idea for them to go together. It helps us in our spiritual journey to make progress, not perfection. Would you just bow your heads with me? Close your eyes. I want to give us a chance to pray as we think about making progress, not perfection. You've been thinking about your spiritual journey and your progress. And and today, I want you to just take a moment to speak to God and talk to Him about what what He's speaking to you in your heart and in your mind. And maybe today, these two big actions, maybe they're resonating with you. Maybe today you'd want to make a renewed commitment to go all in as you follow Jesus. You want to put a stake down, put a sign down. You want to, you want to put a mile marker right here. This was the day at Go Church that I renewed my commitment to go all in with Jesus. Maybe you could pray a prayer or something like this. Lord, I pray to go all in. I ask Jesus to renew my commitment and my fervor to be followers of Jesus, to go all in. If you want to pray that prayer, would you just slip your hand up between you, me, and the Lord? You just are saying, yep, today I want to renew my commitment with the Lord. Thank you so much. Thank you. I want to renew my commitment with the Lord. Maybe the second is resonating with you, and today you want to renew your commitment to go church or to your local church and you say you know it's time that i quit coasting and quit being an observer but i want to i want to be a more active participant so today i want to pray and i want to make a commitment a renewed commitment to be all in with part of being an active participant in my church would you just slip your hand up and say yep god's been speaking to me on that god's been speaking to me 
Thank you. Thank you. Excellent. Beautiful. Father, we thank you so much for each person here, how you love them, you care for them, you, you have a plan for their life and a purpose. And, and Father, I thank you for each of us that we're on this journey and you're helping us grow and we're not doing it on our own. You're with us and you're guiding us. You're giving us strength and you're giving us power and you're filling our spiritual tank. And thank you for those here today that are talking to you about their journey and they're talking to you about their faith and, and about how you how, how they are making a renewed commitment to follow you and be an active part of this church. And, and maybe today some of you have said, you know, I'm not on the road. I'm not on the journey. I haven't asked Christ into my life. I've, I know a lot about Jesus, but I don't know him personally. Maybe today you would say, I need to pray that prayer with childlike faith to receive Christ into my life. And maybe you'd want to pray right now in your mind, in your heart. You just pray, Lord, I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to forgive me of the sin in my life. I need you, Jesus. I want to follow you the rest of my days. I pray that you'd be the Lord and the leader of my life, and I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this week's message. To stay in the know with Go Church, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at letsgo.church. You can also download our app from the App Store by searching Go Church. Have a great week and God bless.